Hi, I'm Molly from near Philadelphia. I'm Cinna from Ohio. And this is Backlist and Chill, where we read old young adult books and drink about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We also talk about it, but, you know. Hopefully tonight we'll be doing more of one than the other. Because Cinna and Ollie shut the fuck up challenge. Yeah, it's a weeknight and some of us gotta work in the morning. It's you. You gotta work in the morning. That's, that is me. I have to work super early in the mornings. <laughs> so we can't fuck around for five hours. Yeah. Yeah. So if you listened to the last episode, thank you for joining us for that three hour podcast. I know you probably had a nice time. Um, we had a nice time too. Senna did not have a nice time editing it though. And no. So, no. Yeah. We're gonna go back to our more normal like two hour. Yeah, I'm drinking significantly less alcohol, I think. There's one ounce of absinthe in my drink. The end. I don't even have it near me. I can't get a second one. <laughs> I just sort of eyed mine, but it is diluted with just a lot of apple cider, so I should be fine. <laughs> all right. So, with this all in mind, mm-hmm. welcome to Season 9, Episode 2. We are talking about The Forbidden Game, Book 2. It's called The Chase. This is all by L.J. Smith. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ollie, what are you drinking? I'm glad you asked. So today, I'm drinking the same absinthe that I had last time, that beautiful white absinthe, the absinthe blanche. And I have put a dash of Seagram's ginger ale just for sweetness, because Mm. otherwise there would be none. (laughs) And I've topped it all off with a good amount of this pomegranate dragon fruit sparkling water. I forgot the name of the absinthe, uh, but I'll make sure to link it like we did last time. Okay, first, some good ice. It's interesting. Okay. I will drink it. It's fine. Okay. It's not disgusting. It's interesting. It could be sweeter. Okay. Could it's be better. sweeter. More ginger ale, maybe. More, definitely more ginger ale. I should definitely have brought down a ginger ale. However, in the spirit of this book in particular... Mm-hmm. I've had this name prepared for hours. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> My drink today, this is not an absinthe cocktail. Hey, very good. Thank you. Very, very <laughs> good. I love it. So in theme of this book. That's perfect. I love oh, it. So good. So good. Yeah. So tell me about yours. Oh, so... Mine was, spoilers, bad. No! Yeah, I made a green creeper. Ooh, that's so good, though. I know, isn't it? So sad, it's so bad. Yeah, okay, so it was Midori, vodka, and coconut rum. So, surprise, it was bad. Midori, vodka, and coconut rum. Yeah, I thought maybe... Maybe I thought maybe, you know, and I made it and I took a picture. Uh, I took one sip on the way back to the kitchen after taking my picture <laughs> and couldn't swallow it. I had to spit it into the sink because it was real bad. So anyway, instead I'm drinking apple cider and fireball. All right. Yeah. Do you have a name for your fireball and, and whiskey? No. Because I'm going to call it Wall of Flames. Okay, that's good. I was going to call it Plan B, but Plan yours is also good. <laughs> Before I had a name for this one, I was calling it Double or Nothing, but then I didn't want to do two shots of absinthe. 
Good call. Good look at you making all the good calls today. So many good calls today. <laughs> but I did love, and this is why my picture, when people see, uh, if you pop on over to my Twitter, the picture that I'm going to post has, like, cards and poker chips because of, like, Julian's whole, like, you want to try? You want to try this one more time? And this whole thing with, like, gambling. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's great. Your picture is amazing. Thank you. I try the symbolism. You do. You do a good job. Let's move on to the blurb then, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Since I just have the omnibus, I'm going to read mm-hmm. the... Oh, boy, that's boring. There's a one sentence. Do you want me to go get... I, like, I have a physical copy of the second book. Yeah, go get yours. All right, so reading my paperback copy. Ooh, delicious. A volume two of the Forbidden Game, which I've never had in singles. So, like, this is very exciting to find. They're playing the game of their lives. Why is her boyfriend Tom avoiding her while other boys pursue her as never before? (laughs) Jenny Thornton has changed. So have her friends. Because of Julian, the shadow man, who has returned to terrorize them with a new game, a hunting game, Lambs and Monsters, which is both capitalized and italicized, like a proper title. (laughs) They're the lambs to be stalked, pounced upon, and lost to the shadow world forevermore. The monsters are the lurker, a ghostly wolf, and the creeper, a phantom snake. Thank you for clarifying. Yes. So I wouldn't know from those names. Right? I couldn't remember. I still can't. (laughs) One by one, Jenny's friends disappear leaving behind only a paper doll and a riddle with clues about who will be next. Jenny must find Julian's hidden base and save her friends before it's too late. But how can she resist the predatory Prince of Darkness who has returned to make her his own? Dun, 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 dun. And that's it. That's pretty good. It, it gives away a lot of what happens, but it is what happens. It it is what happens. There is there is a lot there though. Yeah. Ooh 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 ooh. So I just looked at the back. Yeah. There is an all I refuse and the I choose forbidden game sweepstakes. <sighs> Do you think we could win? I God, I wish I would rip this page out and send <laughs> it in so fast. Now you can win a 14 karat gold replica of this ring, what? beautifully gift box. What? One first prize, the 14 karat gold forbidden game ring in a beautiful keepsake box. Ten second prizes, a $50 gift certificate to the bookstore of your choice. No, no, no. There should have been ten first place winners. 25 third prizes, the complete forbidden game trilogy autographed by LJ Smith. Damn. Inarguably better than second place. Yeah. They should reverse this. (laughs) So, like, the ring is great. But there should be, like, five first-place winners, ten first-place winners, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that there would ever be a chance for us of seeing this fucking ring. I know. Dude, there was a similar thing in the Nightworld books where you got, like, a black rose pin. Oh. And I Googled so hard to no. see if, like, anybody had taken a picture of it. Ugh. And I don't think anybody ever did. But it's shit like this that I look at and go, how would we even know if someone even won it? They can just make shit up. It's the 90s. That's totally true. Like, you can't document this shit like you can nowadays. Yeah. Where it's like, you can't even sign up to... I remember there used to be things where it was like, you could just sign up to know who the winner was. 
to, really? to keep people honest. Oh, yeah. There used to be that all the time. Huh. Where it's like, just just let me know when the winners are announced. That's good. I'm glad that mechanism is there. Yeah, well, not not <laughs> clearly not on this one. But who did it? Who won? If you won the ring and, like, your friend <laughs> sent you this podcast because, you know, they knew that you won it, tell us. Show us a picture. I want to see it. Could you imagine if one of our six listeners... Okay, that'd be great if this whole time it's been fucking Raven. Hi, Raven. Show us the ring. Oh my god, Raven. Don't hold out on us. Just being like, I was holding off until you talked about it. Hee 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 how Raven good, sounds. Good play. Yeah, that's not how Raven sounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's great and I love it. And um, the $50 gift certificate should have been third place. Absolutely. I would kill for a Forbidden Game Trilogy autographed by LJ Smith. Proof that she exists. Right? Because even though she was so prolific, mm-hmm. it's it just, it feels fake. It feels like it never happened. I know. And she's been like off the internet so long that it, it really does feel like, just feel like a ghost. Yeah. Although that was fun the other day when you and I found that someone had like hacked her fucking Goodreads. <laughs> oh yeah. That was so weird. So for those uh, following along at home, we've been trying to find proof of life on L.J. <laughs> Smith. And recently I had clicked over uh, on Goodreads to her author page. And there were some books that had been added to her list within the past, like, year. And then I showed sentence and it was like, there's no fucking way. And, <laughs> and so I scrolled through and was like, yep, yeah, nope. She didn't just suddenly start liking anime and uh, right? Elf Quest or something. Yeah, it was ElfQuest. What else was it? There was, like, some manga series on there. I can actually... I'm right on Goodreads because I have the thing open. Oh, good. So let's see. She has ElfQuest and Dragon Age. Oh, that's right. I was like, if LJ Smith is a fucking Dragon Age fan, I will die. But I, but it's funny because, like, I wanted that for her. <laughs> I wanted her to just be like, <laughs> fuck it. I'm doing this now. Oh, my God. Like, Terry Pratchett was added on December 5th in 2015 it's like maybe you could have you you could have liked things terry pratchett is 100 percent like one of her top authors oh so okay that's well that's good but yeah so um someone definitely like broke into her goodreads hasn't fucked around with any of her stuff but like has been adding books maybe does she have kids does she have nephews i have to imagine so because like maybe so this is what something happened to my goodreads an ex got me a Kindle, but they must have set the Kindle up themselves first. But for some reason, all of the books that they read get added to my list. So all of like their reviews and their to be read and their reading, like I haven't fucking updated my Goodreads in years. And it just goes through there. But like I could still sign in. I always have mm-hmm. been. But it was just like every now and then it's like you read this and someone liked that you read it. I'm like, I didn't fucking read that. <laughs> it must be. It must be something like that where somebody just shares an account with yeah. her somehow. Because it doesn't make sense otherwise. Because <laughs> you'd think they would have fucked around with it. Right. Why would somebody hack into LJ Smith's Goodreads just to add fucking to Winter Nights? That's <laughs> ridiculous. They're like, I figured out that the answer was Damien is best boy. Or da- <laughs> Damon. Damien is best boy. <laughs> and now I'm just here to fuck around. Oh, that's great. I bet that is her password. I bet it is, too. So I'm going to tell us about the cover. Yes, please. All right. So this cover, going off the same kind of style as the last one, where it looks very hand-traditionally painted kind of things like that, 
we have at the very top the words, The Forbidden Game. Volume 2, he's back and coming to claim her at last, as if he hasn't been gone for only three weeks. (laughs) And then in the lower half, we have the title, which is The Chase. And this is in like kind of really slashy looking letters. Then underneath that, L.J. Smith, author of The Vampire Diaries and The Secret Circle. As if that matters. (laughs) Behind is this image. And the image is in the very forefront, we have Jenny running it looks like she's reaching back or holding tom's hand tom is this like xander from buffy looking motherfucker oh my god he is <laughs> i don't think jenny looks like sarah michelle geller but she kind of looks like um the oldest daughter from full house how did i know you were going to fucking say full house because <laughs> you looked at her and had <laughs> the same thought it's true she does though Anyway, behind them on our left is a wolf. Not the lurker, nope, the creeper. Nope. Not not the lurker. Not the lurker. It's just a wolf. <laughs> yeah, listen, Lisa's very specific about what the lurker and the creeper look like. And I can and see them in my head. Shit. Can you? I had a real tough time with that. Uh, well, because they're always described. Well, at least I can see the lurker. I can see the wolf. Because it's like shadows, but it looks like someone has painted like basically 3D paint on it. And having worked in haunts and painted 3D houses, I can imagine it. I can see this blackness with just these, like, hints, these foregrounds of blue lightning strikes. And it's very vivid in my head. I can imagine the movement of the snake, but I can't imagine what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Yeah. I don't... But anyway, it's just some shadowy fucking wolf with, like, one leg, as far as we can see. I'm sure it has more, but, you know, uh, you ever see those pictures of cats and then someone turns them into, like, little statues, but it's, like, weird-looking statues because it's just what the cat kind of looks like in Mm -hmm. the way it's, like, posed and whatnot. So it's, like, here's a cat that is, you know, curled into a little ball and just has two little eyes. I don't know. I'm I'm describing this poorly, but anyway, it looks like if I was to make a a figurine of this wolf, it would be one long leg and then a head. (laughs) It It looks like a Greg Land drawing. Somebody will get that. Okay. I don't, but someone else will get it. And this wolf has got his eyes and he's like, that's it. Not very, not very loud. Just in the middle between uh, oldest full house girl and Xander from Buffy. We've got just a snake. Just a (laughs) fucking snake. snake. It's just like a normal snake. Yeah. Doesn't even look vicious. It's just kind of like, what's up? I'm a snake. Little tongue is out. All right. And then behind it is like, it reminds me of a playground. But it's like if someone someone did a commercial where a playground like exploded out and then popped back together, like I half expect someone to be like, come on down to play place. It looks like <laughs> a children's playground made out of those old wooden blocks, cause, complete with the fucking holes in the center, too. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Right. And then this light behind all of it shining out towards them past the playground past the lurker and the creeper past buffy and full house and then behind all of that only getting a little bit of the light is what's supposed to be julian i don't even know how to describe him the first time i looked at this recently he had a real benedict cumberbatch look to me but the more i look at him the less i see that and i just see his weird face (sighs) i've got like a a lot of shadows yeah there's a lot of eyebrow there's a lot of shadow a lot of eyebrow he is not the sexy demon prince that we were promised. There is 
somebody that he looks like and I can't like I can see it in my brain you can't you know figure it out yeah I'm having that same problem but where are his blue eyes piercing in the night like this is a perfect time for just two eyes get me Cliff Nielsen always and put two piercing blue eyes like the screen when it blanks out and and leaves an after image do that this boy not attractive do not believe that you control the ice and the wind and the creeper and the lurker. Do not think that you're coming <laughs> after Jenny and that she would ever have a moment to think it would maybe you. No. Bad cover. Do not like it. Once we get to the third book, we'll have to like side by side by side and be like, <laughs> which is which Julian? Julian? Yeah. Which best Julian? Yeah. There are a lot of other covers for the chase, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, none of them that I'm seeing... This one, at least, is trying to be Julian. Like, I know who that's meant to be. Yeah, they did something with the eye, you know. Mm-hmm. There's like a frost thing going on. But most of them really have just given up an opportunity. <laughs> just just given up, I think, is um <laughs> safe to say. Just given up. They just gave up. But yeah, so that is like a very underwhelming option. I know that I've just torn it apart, but like... Do you agree with me? Um, I mean, so listen, it could be worse. Like, it could be these newer, like, updated covers. Like, at least this has some personality to it, you know? Ha! <sighs> so, yeah, like, I appreciate that this cover exists for the sense of, I'm, I'm a big fan Um, when you do painted covers like this and you get all kinds of details mm-hmm. going on. But the details they've fucked up make me upset. Because even the first two fucking Fear Street saga (laughs) novels paid more attention to detail. Yeah. Oh, one detail that I wanted to note that I literally just noticed is that Tom is outlined with, like, tabs, like a little paper doll. What? Let me go look at this again. Because that would be amazing. Holy shit. You're right. He is. All right. I give them props for that. Nobody else is. Nope. Just Tom for some reason. That's a weird choice and is not something that happens, but that would have been an interesting choice on LJ's part. It would have been interesting if when they got, when she got to the very end thing, if they were all paper dolls and was like, nope, I'm not going through this fire. Thank you. I am paper. <laughs> I'm flammable. <laughs> so, so much more flammable than I've ever been, in fact. <laughs> I mean, I know I am normally flammable, but... Not so flammable that I would be gone in like two seconds. <laughs> no, trust me. Oh, uh, no, Jenny, no. All right, I'm going to fold you up and put you in my pocket. That, listen, that would have gone better, honestly. It would have. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the plot. Okay, then I should stop looking for the. I've spent this whole time looking for Greg Land art to show you, <laughs> and I just can't find it. I appreciate that you're like, I want you in on this joke. I do, I do want you in on this joke, but it's, hold on, listen, I'm gonna, it's a, the picture on the left, that's Greg Land, and he uses that same oh. pose over and over again. Gotcha. So yeah, it looks like she has one small leg and another small leg. <laughs> yes, 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 that is exactly <laughs> what the dog, what the wolf is doing. <laughs> Good. Uh, See, I should have been spending this time looking for those cats that people turn into statues <laughs> from pictures of cats. 
Yeah, but you were able to let that go. I was, but you know what? I don't Which let go. Is better timelines, so this is okay. Oh no, is this going to be a thing? No, it's not. I was really good. I, I just, I do want to mention that we now know that Tom Locke's birthday is April twenty second. So mathing it out, we know he was born on April twenty second, nineteen seventy five. So we can all do his astrological chart. He was probably born in California, somewhere near Los Angeles. Do it. Why do you say we can all when Raven already did it? <laughs> Just in case there's anything that needs to be changed, Raven. <laughs> Providing you with these details, late game. I think Raven may have ended up using the 22nd, but still. Just, you know, confirming that if you did use the 22nd, you were correct. Well, I'm Raven's read this as much as we have, so I'm sure that they remembered or were able to look up details. That's true. It's just such a very specific thing, and I'm very amused. Oh, right, but I did want to mention that I gave up at long last on trying to figure out where the fuck this takes place. I It's for the best. Because I have decided she's just making it up. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise there are way too many names of streets and areas of town. And like at one point she's like, I'm driving past this road, this road, this road, this road. She like lists like six different roads. I'm like, no. <laughs> There's no way that all of those roads names changed. Because like last time it was like, Montevideo and and something else. I'm like, well, I've found each of those, but they don't connect. Mm-hmm. But this time I'm like, there's just no, she's just making it up. And I can accept that. I can accept that an author has made shit up. She does a good job of making me feel like these characters are really in the town that they're in by giving me all of this information. Yeah, which which is, you know, the goal. Yeah, so. absolutely. Like it is Sometimes people make up places or towns or shove them in between other towns. And it's like, you're really just doing, like, the town next door, but you wanted to call it something else so that you could, like, smush it around, right? But this one is just, like, have the vague general idea of the Los Angeles suburbs. <laughs> That's as much as you need to know. Yeah, and so that 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 works out. I did feel freed. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that you were able to escape this time. <laughs> I beat you, LJ. I'm not playing your game. <laughs> it's because LJ's not even trying to play the game. <laughs> uh, but if she was trying to play the game, I would win it. <laughs> you would. You've proven that multiple times. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the plot. Let's do it. Okay. So uh, this book starts with a serial killer. <laughs> it's a It's a weird beginning. Uh, it's told from the perspective of a kid named Gordy Wilson, mm-hmm. who is out um, hunting in the California scrublands, and he uh, is a monster. Yeah, he is. And he gets eaten by either the lurker and or the creeper. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Nope. It's it's a very funny it's a funny way to start the book. It is a choice for sure. Very interesting. I feel like LJ was sort of like almost fuck this kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, where you're like, like who hurt you and why is he Gordy <laughs> Wilson? Right? Who who is this specifically that you know and have met, LJ? Where you're like, oh, he hurts animals and probably one day would like to kill a human. It's so convenient if he just dies. <laughs> LJ's like, I'm going to kill you in my novel, (laughs) and you can't stop me. I know plenty of people who write who do that. It wouldn't surprise me if she was that type as well. 
Uh, I mean, it comes in practical handy later because it it sort of is the thing that Tom uh, focuses in on. Yeah, yeah. Like, it does have use. It surprised me for the first time reading it. I knew it was going to happen this time. But it was just like, there was a moment that was very fun. Oh, it's the very, very end for him. When he, like, whatever it is is closing in on him. And he's like, got a blubbery whale. And his last wild thought was, not me, not me. I'm not a rabbit. Not me. And then he, like, (laughs) dies of a heart attack before it even gets his teeth in him. I love that. It's just, like, so scared. Just can't even have a heartbeat. Bye. Can't even face up to the kill itself. Just dies immediately. (laughs) But I did like the thematic opening of it, too. Of the the chase. And where Mm -hmm. he's talking about hunting and you know this pursuit this chase of something else and then realizing oh no ha 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 it's you you're the one who's being hunted it's an interesting first kill because it's also kind of the only kill in this Mm. whole book that's true nobody else dies but boy do we talk about summer being dead okay (laughs) cut to the kids are back at school it's been how many months Sally? it's been three weeks i want that to settle in real hard because I have problems with it being three weeks. Just because of the way some of the characters react. Okay. That's it. That's all. Three weeks since uh, the the first book, the kids are ostracized at school a little bit and have like strained relationships with their parents and stuff. Because when they came back from the game, like dumbass white kids, oh my God, they <laughs> told the cops the truth. And uh, the cops, of course, thought they were on drugs (laughs) or lying or both. (laughs) Had been through something very traumatic and made something up. (laughs) And they didn't believe them. Um, Obviously, none of the parents believe them, but they're all freaked out because they're like, oh, no, our children have a collective delusion. Yeah. This is a problem. Uh, And one of the children has disappeared. Yep. They uh, have been cleared of any wrongdoing, but people still think that they murdered their friend. And one person in particular corners Jenny in the bathroom and tells her that the people who have been sort of more officially pinned for Summer's disappearance, the the two tough tough boys, boys. (laughs) PC and Slug, we now find out. And Slug chose that name. He did. It was the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) They're hanging out at the Hocus Pocus. It's fine. (laughs) They really are. They are those two boys. That's just who I imagine. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. If you make this movie back in the 90s, those were the two you get. It's those guys. So because they broke in and stole the game, they are wanted in relation to Summer's disappearance, but they have also disappeared, uh, which is why Jenny is cornered in the bathroom by a small child who- Fucking eighth grader accuses her of killing Summer and lying about PC and Slug. She knew the two of them and she knew that they wouldn't kill a girl. Uh, So she's upset at Jenny for sort of besmirching her name. This, oh my God, Ollie, has this not aged well? (laughs) No, it is not. Um, Awful. Before we get into why it's awful, I would just like to, you know, give a nice award to getting a mirror description of Jenny the first time we see her that uses the same exact description of her exact. eyes, eyebrows, and hair as we got throughout the first book that was given gently to us. This time it's just like, she's looking in a mirror and this is what she fucking looks like in case you forgot. 
Oh, this this whole book is like that. The whole like thing where they recount what happened in the first book Same to the cops. language. Oh my god. Copy paste. But you will never forget that Jenny has eyebrows like two decisive brush strokes. <laughs> Hair like honey glinting in, in sunlight. sunlight. And pine eyes needles. like pine needles. Darker. You'll never forget it. Nope. Never always. Not I, once. To this day. <laughs> eyebrows like brush strokes eyebrows (laughs) I love that detail though because that's such a weird detail for LJ to decide on but she decided on it no one ever talks about people's eyebrows no I appreciate it and LJ was like listen I know what this girl's eyebrows look like brush strokes swoop swoop decisive ones LJ was like I made this decision it was me I was the decider (laughs) I'm God and I was decisive (laughs) But yeah, no, I do also love that. But anyway, yes. So Jenny is awful. Jenny um, is awful. The first like real fucking rage I got was when the description is talking about the the girl. She didn't belong in Vista Grand High, and I'm like, that is such a fucking choice. I Instead also of saying, highlighted that she doesn't go here. You could have just been like, she doesn't look familiar. I don't think she goes here. She doesn't belong here. Well, it also comes on the tail of her description, right? Which is, the girl was twisting a Kleenex between slim olive tan fingers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her long hair was absolutely straight, except for the slight undersweep of the ends, and her dark eyes were pensive. She did not belong at Vista Grand High. She might even be Native American. Right. Like, this is clearly a girl of color. Yep. This eighth grader, this girl of color, and Jenny's thoughts are... You don't belong She doesn't belong here. here. <laughs> so awful. And I'm like, ooh, ew, ew, ew. But yeah, so then Jenny is like, ooh, try, I'm trying to be nice to you. And the girl calls her a soch, which, which has always been a weird fucking word because I have never heard anyone use it outside of like The Outsiders by Essie Hinton. It is literally an outsider's reference, but she spelled it wrong. She did because it's just S-O-C. Yeah, like I googled soche. Just to see if there was something. You're a social. But no. It's just, it's social. No. And she calls her that, and then Jenny gets pissed. It's like she was like, you're a Karen. And Jenny's like, excuse me. She does. I would like to see your manager, because I am not a Karen. She absolutely does the called out white woman thing, where she's like, what What do my clothes have to do with it? I'm not rich. Yeah. What are you talking that, about? That was one of my things. It was, who's rich? Lol, 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 Jenny, you are. You with your fucking pool and your $1,500 vases. The vases is like, the first thing I thought of. And then she looks at this girl and is like, ugh, who's rich? You've got designer jeans on. It's like, fuck you. You don't know what this girl lives in. Like, those could have been a gift. She could have saved up a lot. Plus, also, she's at least saying, you're richer than me. Right? And then she goes, I am not a soch. I'm a human being. I don't see color. We're all <laughs> I don't one see race. Class. Okay. She fucking grabs this girl because she called her rich and fancy. Oh well, but right? oh, she doesn't even say rich. She says you wear your fancy clothes to school and hang out with your rich friends. I'm sorry. Fuck you. Aubrey is intensely rich. Absolutely. D is intensely rich. Also, Jenny, you are rich, but you hang out with D and Audrey. What is she supposed to say? She sees you saying, these kids did it. She doesn't know you didn't say they didn't do it. And we know where she lives later. She's hanging out in the same area where Summer grew up. 
and that that area is coded as, like, middle class. So, like, fuck you, Jenny. Just fuck you so hard. It's an infuriating response, just because it's it's so on script for, like, every white woman accused of being racist or anything <laughs> else. It's just, it's like, uh, uh, I'm uh, not. Me? Uh, uh, How never. dare you? I'm a human being. She literally says I'm a human being. This I'm is a, a human terrible being. opening for Jenny. Also, Jenny is our perspective character. Jenny is always right. Like, I can't think of an instance of Jenny being canonically in the wrong about something. Yeah, like, she never does something and people go, no, Jenny, we shouldn't have done that. Except right now, when none of her friends are around to see it, when she's very wrong. Yeah, it's a real bad start for Jenny, and it doesn't get better. I'm pretty sure she does, like, this exact same thing again. And it's very annoying and gross and, like, very, like, 1990s middle-class white woman L.J. Smith, you know? And sometimes LJ Smith has to go out of her way to remind us when we could just be talking about Julian a lot, you know? Yeah, she could have just been like dealing with this girl and being like, what do you read? What are you talking about? And had this girl be upset and have that be all that, you know, like happened instead of this like anger. (laughs) Yep. This weird reaction. But anyway, Mm -hmm. the girl runs away. But as she goes, she implies that she knows more than she lets on about. So Jenny uh, gathers up her friends and they've all sort of dispersed because it's more suspicious if they hang out together. (laughs) She's like, hey, I ran into this girl. We need to find her because she might know where the paper house is because that's what they're looking for at this point. Yeah. I like that they have all, even though they know Summer is dead, that they were like, well, it would look really weird if we didn't go looking for her. And we can use this time to look for the paper house. Right. And to that end, Jenny has somewhat guiltily allowed a search center to be created to search for Summer. Like, what else are they supposed to do? Right. Because, you know, Summer is a pretty blonde white girl. So, of course, people (laughs) are going to want to look for her. So at the local mall, there's this like search center where a bunch of volunteers gather together and they coordinate and paper neighborhoods and people can come in and leave tips and all that shit. Mm -hmm. So at this meeting, it becomes clear that Tom has separated himself from the group. Yep. I would like to note that Jenny does say that she goes looking for Tom in his business law class. My friend, Uh my note says... Tom with his business law. At least that's consistent <laughs> from the rematch write up. I know the detail that I never processed before, but because I we read never that would have thought about thing. it. No, nope, never would have thought about it. Um, before we move on, I just want to take a moment to be pissy. Mm-hmm. One, I do love in that kind of lol la la kind of way that everyone is at or should be at the class that is the most them. Yes. Yes. It felt like watching the opening of a fucking 90s high school movie. Of course. Oh, here's the art kid in the art room with his photography. Here's this fancy girl in a fancy thing. Like, here's the business Interior boy. design. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, this is such shorthand. And while I hate it, I'm cracking up. But what I want to be pissy about is that we literally have everybody else introduced through these ways. But D is introduced naked. And, quote, beautiful and lithe and supple as a jet black panther. My note is just in all caps, Lisa Jane! (laughs) 
is. She can't not every single time. Every time. Panther, lion. Oh my god. Her her beautiful dark hand. I'm like, you never fucking talk about Audrey's beautiful, beautiful pale white hand hands. or whatever. Like, no. <laughs> I have to remind you every chance I fucking get that D is black and beautiful. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but I'm just like, this is horrible. Because every time she smiles, she never smiles anything that isn't savage or beastly or wild. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, it is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and you know, in the course of, again, before they went off to go paper, we get the flashback of, like, how things fucked up talking to the police. And so I was also pissed that, like, we were introduced that, oh, there are two policewomen who come to the house. And I'm thinking, that's nice. But one is Hawaiian or Polynesian mm-hmm. and model beautiful. And the other one is just some stocky motherly person. She's not even described as white. And I'm like, you could choose. Is she Hawaiian or is she Polynesian? You could just choose Lisa Jane. Also, she's a woman of color who is a police officer and she's model beautiful. Can't have her be a stocky motherly Hawaiian woman who is a cop. No, because Lisa Jane needs you to know. She's not racist. She's not racist. She thinks that everyone's beautiful. I'm like, it's creepy what you're doing here. It's exoticizing, Lisa Jane, and we don't do that anymore. What? But can I say that the image of Dee in a locker room snapping towels at other girls is such a good striking Dee image. It is a very Dee image. I just wish she was like not naked. Yes, because that's weird in conjunction with the exoticizing thing. Yeah, we were like, you're literally taking this girl out of her her modern life. And they're like, no, la la la, she's naked. And doing this thing. Like, I agree. I love Dee just fucking snapping towels at people. But let her be in her gym shorts and like a sports bra at the fucking least. Yeah, it would be nice to be able to read it as like, because LJ does say like, oh, she's just so comfortable with her body that she doesn't care. But, Instead, you it know. feels gross. We would never see Audrey naked. No, because Audrey is wearing a white tuxedo pantsuit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, on its own, still weird, but with everything surrounding it, I need you to put your hand out right now. <laughs> <laughs> don't do this again. <laughs> I don't know if she ever does. Mm. Naked? I don't know. Weird. All right. Anyway. We do get a brief cut into Tom because we're actually cutting into different people's perspectives in this book. Which was fun. Yeah, it was it was nice. It was a nice way to it's it's definitely more like done in a cinematic sort of way. Yeah. Because people had stuff to do. The last one was very distinctly you had to stick with Jenny because she was going where the plot was. Right. But uh Tom cuts in <sighs> to be the saddest boy. He's being a fucking creeper and a lurker. I hate tom i'm sorry ollie no no don't be (laughs) okay are you are you team hate tom now i still think that lj's doing him dirty by making him on page tom Locke is perfect this kid could just be a kid and i stand by in book one he seemed like just a kid who there was any chance of um as we discussed you know maybe one day he said oh, I like it when your hair is up, or oh, you look very pretty today, or something, whatever. And Jenny internalized all of that over the course Mm -hmm. of the past from second grade to junior year. Over the past her whole fucking life. Yeah. 
But in this book, there's just so many moments where it's like, because Tom liked it, because Tom liked it, because Tom liked it. And I'm like, mmm, all right. I, I still think that the author is fucking <laughs> up. But I'm going to accept this as canon. Yeah. I mean, because she she is fucking up in the way that she's meaning to fuck up. She's exactly. painting the portrait of Tom that she's trying to paint. Yeah. She wants me to think he's perfect and that all of his choices are perfect. And this this whole watching her from a distance and not being near her and not fucking talking to her about what she wants and just making these decisions. It's fucking infantilizing. It's white knighting when no one fucking asked you to do this. Just go talk to your girlfriend. You know her. So I, I do think that Tom's like sad boy sulking here is framed in a way that we're not supposed to like agree with him. Like, I don't think LJ is casting this Tom as perfect. Yeah, no, she's saying that this is the Tom that's cracking. Yes. Like, and I mean that in the sense of, like, there are cracks in his, like, perfect exterior. Right, he's had his his fucking confidence blown out, and this is how he's reacting. <laughs> and I wish that he had reacted differently, because he, you know, every everybody deserves to have their confidence, like, knocked down a little bit if they're being too much. He could have chosen otherwise. But he's awful. He's awful is the thing. The thing is that he's awful. Yeah, he could have chosen to be like, wow... Um, I realized that I didn't deserve you. You're so much more powerful and confident and capable. I need to do better to be worthy of you. Right. But instead he quits and Jenny pegs it correctly. This is the perfect fucking description. (laughs) But Jenny tells us, Jenny's like, Tom has never had to try hard to do anything in his life. He doesn't try to anything that he doesn't know he's going to instantly be good at. And I'm like, babe, that's, that's ADHD. (laughs) Well, just like, so the idea that like, Tom has met a guy who's hotter and better and more powerful than him. He's just like, quit the race for Jenny. Literally. He's like, I'm not going to win. So He's like, well, there's always going to be Julian in the back of her mind who she could have had this fucking dark lord of the night. And <laughs> it's it's doubled down on by like, he, right before we switch over to his perspective, Brian Detlinger, he's like a football boy, comes up to Jenny to ask her to senior prom even though she's mm-hmm. a junior and like tom saw this and was like of course he did who wouldn't want her Me. they're all seeing her she's blossomed Ugh, he's uh, so the worst part is that he's and again i realize that we're not supposed to like agree with what he's doing right now it's just so fucking annoying his entire monologue the entire time anytime it goes into tom's head it's just like i can't be with her anymore because uh she she's better than me <laughs> so you abandon her yeah so i abandoned her even though she's made it clear that i am actually the one that she chose like right? that she cares about but still i'm going to stalk her right so i'm going to explicitly ignore her wishes separate myself from her hurt her and constantly his and his friends and then lurk around the background like, so I'm not actually going to leave her alone and give her her space. Yeah. I'm going I haven't to chosen her. to leave her alone because I think she's better off without me. I just think I can't be near her because when I see her like this, I realize I'm not good enough. Well, and it's just such a weird thing because, like, Jenny will then fucking chase after Tom and be like, no, Tom, Tom, come here, boy. Come here, buddy. <laughs> right? Like, believe the words that are coming out of her mouth. And then 
you know, they'll be together. And there are several times in the book where they'll almost like reconnect or they're almost kiss or something. And then something will happen. That reminds them of Julian. Of Julian. It's not even like he thinks Julian is better for her. He's explicitly trying to protect her from Julian. But he can't stand the thought that Jenny might ever, ever think of Julian instead of Tom. It's insufferable. Oh, yeah. There's a moment like early in the book, but not where we're at right now, where he's just like, tell me you don't think about him. And she's like, I do because I'm terrified of him. I think about what he could do. And it's like, Tom, this is trauma. Yeah. Yeah. This is like her kidnapper. Yeah. You can't tell me she's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to never think about him again. No, I'm scared. And the the fucking house is out there. We don't know where it is. And PC and Slug could have gotten in. They could have opened it up and he could be out there and he'd be trying to get me because, oh, guess what he is. But LJ does it out both sides of her mouth, though, right? Because, like, that is, like, the sort of response that Jenny should have. But because it's LJ and we're doing, like, the Elena Damon thing, there's also that aspect of Jenny being like, but yes, I do long for Julian and his wildness. Like this with Tom. Right. So, like, there is that aspect that Tom is sensing that's like, oh, no, but she does kind of want to bang Julian, which, like, fair. (laughs) But, like... To be fair, Tom, I think that anyone that Julian went after would want to bang Julian, mm -hmm, even if they mm -hmm. also were terrified of him. Hey, Tom, maybe just be cool with your girlfriend having lusty feelings about people other than you. It's so much of that fucking toxic monogamy culture that Mm -hmm. I just can't stand. Yeah. Where... She can't look at anybody else. She can't even, like, like the fact that she is friends with Michael tells me how much Tom is not afraid of Michael. Oh, yeah, I know, right? And I never thought of that in the previous book. But this book, it was like, oh, gotcha. Right. Uh, 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 I found a paragraph. Hold on. Tom couldn't have her anymore, but he could protect her. When Julian did come back, not if, Tom was virtually certain that he would. When Julian did come back for Jenny and tried to play on her innocence again, oh, Tom would be there to, to it. stop it. He didn't know quite how, but he would, even if it killed him. And if it made Jenny hate him, so be it. She'd thank him someday. Tom, Ugh. you're gross. Innocence? Is that what you think of your girlfriend? That's the only That's quality? The idea that she was so innocent, I'm like, that's gross. It is. That's creepy. You're like, "Mm, my girlfriend's so innocent. Like, what? Right. It is infantilizing. That's exactly the right word for it. Like, the whole point of this book is that Jenny is like her own independent woman. Snap, snap, snap. The the infantilizing (laughs) is really gross and it does not make you endearing, Tom. No. Sorry. No, no, it makes me kind of want to flick you behind the ear. Maybe like three times. Just like flick, flick, flick. (laughs) Just like, grow up. Grow up, Tom. (laughs) You're a junior, okay? <laughs> You're in business law. Straighten up. Pick yourself up out of this fucking dust. <laughs> Go ask your girlfriend if she still wants to hang out. Oh, she does? <laughs> well, get over yourself. Believe her. I would be the worst older sibling. <laughs> you would be the best older sibling. No, because I would make no plot happen. You would not stand for this foolishness. <laughs> right? I'd be like, Thomas. What are you doing? Thomas, middle name, Locke. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> well, just my girlfriend. I'm like, mm-hmm. You told me about the fucked up shit that you just went through. Maybe it's trauma. <laughs> anyway, so. Yep. Oh, they all go off. I would like to note, however, you can tell that uh, people didn't have Google back in the day. Mm-hmm. Because um, 
Audrey drives a little red alpha spider, spelled like alpha, beta, omega, Mm -hmm. but it's not spelled that way. It's A-L-F-A. So I was like, "Ah, (laughs) Google, how much we love you and don't know it. All right. Only ever heard that word spoken out loud. Which is exactly what I felt like. I don't feel mean about it. I just feel like, oh, wow. Yeah, no, this was written a long time ago. Because <laughs> even your editors didn't catch that one. <laughs> yeah. So they go to the center. They go to collect their materials to paper with. For some reason, a Beverly Hills psychic comes up and tells them <laughs> that she's been contacted by somebody about summer. She's like, la-di-da, the fae, they sparkle, they have wings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'd also thought about how much cooler it would have been if the woman actually had been a psychic and knew anything. That it was very disappointing that she called them the fairy folk, as if that's what people expect. Like, that felt very pointedly this book and not what psychics do. Oh, yeah. Like, if she wanted to pull a scam, she'd better off being like, I can sense someone's energy and they're in the dump or something. Well, I mean, she was legit because she gave Jenny the word. She was. She knew the word. Oh, we forgot she, Jenny had had, like, oh, picked yeah. up a... Uh, back in the day, children, <laughs> there used to be pay phones and they might just ring and there were some at school and one rang and jenny heard some word and it was like ah ish ah ish then the woman said oh the word they've told me and you have to know it jenny is vanished she's like all right get the fuck out of here with your sparkly fucking pixies honestly like if you were a psychic why are you bringing that word to a missing person center obviously 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 she's vanished obviously the whole thing was ridiculous i'm like read the room you're failing And also, like, why? Just to, like, hammer in on the the famish vanish thing? Like, why? It felt like Ms. Smith needed to fill in some, some words to make it to 250 pages. <laughs> I like, so interpreting it in the most charitable way, because they do kind of extend their fingers into, like, the metaphysics of the world, right? Yeah. I do like the idea that, like, people all over the place just have contact with the shadow people. Just out there, just being like, Psst. Yep. Uh, what are you saying? What are you saying? Vanished. Oh, I'm thinking you're saying vanished, so who do I tell this to? <laughs> uh, Jenny Thornton, care of Where do I go? the Summer Missing Center in the mall down in Vista Grant. Fine. It's next to the Macy's. <laughs> she just gets in her car and goes. <laughs> Never seen again. It's it's strange, but I like the idea that they're fucking shadow men just cold calling people sometimes. <laughs> I can um, take it. So they go to try to find this girl. The only thing of note that happens is that they make contact with the little children. Yes. Including Summer's little brother, Jenny's little brother, and Dee's little sister. And they basically say, hey, kids, we're looking for this girl. If any of you know somebody who knows her or whatever, like, tell us. And also, if you see the white box, don't fucking touch it. Nope. Call this number. <laughs> Just tell me I found it and I'll know right. what you mean. And the kids all, like, get it. And I love that. This is one of my favorite scenes in the book. Mm-hmm. The idea of the adults not getting it, not listening, and little kids being like, no, we are here. We are ready to believe in this shit. Yeah, and it's a nice it's a nice touch that it's Summer's brother and Jenny's brother, who she says has been treating her a, a little weird because he thinks she yeah. might have killed her friend. Yeah. I will mention that in the course of their walking, gotta bring up the riots again. Yes, Thanks. yes they do. Could have just been a little one-off note. Nope, it's firmly 
telling us we are a year away from it. Um, which brings me to my thought about how, um, as much as this like plot is weird, the stuff with Summer, mm-hmm. I do legitimately love, and I remember loving it the first time I read it as well, mm-hmm. that they're dealing with the consequences of the action that happened in book one. Mm-hmm. I remember having the thought like the first time through that they very easily could have just been like, yeah, we'll tell the police. And then like book two happened and it was a year later or something. And instead they're dealing with the very real ramifications of Summer, a young white girl, being dead and they don't have a body to show for it. So like getting this whole center, doing the the flyers, going looking places, having a fucking psychic show up to be like, I have a message for you. It feels like a thing that would have happened. Yeah. There's a lot about, especially the the beginning of this, that feels, again, very cinematic. And that whole premise of looking for Summer, having to pretend to look for Summer is, is like, a yeah. big part of that. Absolutely. Which, on that note, like, there's a lot of stuff that happens that doesn't really matter to the overall, like, plot of the story, but that is there to be, like, a horror movie, like, spooky scene. Like, when they go papering, they're invited into this lady's house. and jenny is talking to like the children in the house to try to like get you know the the child gossip and (laughs) i love that audrey would talk to the parents while jenny talks to the kids (laughs) yep and uh jenny's like you know just okay look for this stuff look for the paper house because it's easier to tell kids to look for toys than adults then they'd look at you funny but while she's doing that there's like a little girl and the little girl is just saying spooky things she's just reading little red riding hood out loud and it's it's spooky and appropriate. And then she screams yeah. the last line and Jenny, it. like, it's like a jump scare, you know? Yeah. And it's just this little, like, four-year-old being like, that better to eat you with. And then she runs off. It's just great because you can see that happening. You can see this being a scene in a movie where it's just, like, eerie atmosphere to, like, keep you in the know that, like, this is a horror movie before we get to the murders, you know? Yes. There's a lot that... LJ Smith does right, and that is horror. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. Very good with the horror. She is, and it's it's very much on display in uh, these books. So Audrey and Jenny spend the day uh, papering, and the night falls, and they're going back to Audrey's car, and they're being chased by something. They don't know what. They just know they're being chased. And there's a line where Jenny says, um, her brain showed her a terrible picture, the little girl from the house scurrying along spider-like behind the bushes her face contorted in a grimace it's so good so creepy these are good horror images lisa jane very good i loved that it was so so creepy right and it's so appropriate to just imagine like this creepy little girl like fucking ring walking behind you you know (laughs) before the ring even existed yeah yeah so anyway they almost get jumped but then fucking tom has been stalking them the whole day uh, and he jumps in to save them at the last minute, which is literally like the only reason Tom is here. That's all he does. The whole book is jump into the last minute and save people. Yep. And obviously we know that it was the, the lurk, lurker. The lurker. The wolf. The wolf. <laughs> Why couldn't she have named them something that like... That are distinguishes between yeah. the two? The crawler and the lurker. I could know that the crawler was the snake. I guess a snake could creep... And a wolf could lurk. I don't know. It's not distinguishable. Anyway, Tom jumps in at the last minute. He saves the two of them. Jenny tells Audrey to go home. Without her, she'll ride back with Tom. And her and Tom have one of multiple instances of them 
almost coming back together. And then, oh, dunk, it's a Julian memory. Yep. A radio happens and there's a song and she thinks about it. We'll link the song in the show notes because it's (laughs) so old people. This and like the outsiders references and it's just like little touches in this book that make it feel like it was indeed written by an old. Yeah. But it is like the weirdest, like mopiest AM radio song. So to have that like in conjunction with Julian, cyberpunk prince of darkness (laughs) is very funny. And she thinks about him, and that's the thing we mentioned before, where it's like, do you do you think about him? Tell me you don't think about him. And she's like, I do, because he kidnapped me, and I'm terrified. And he's like, where? This is what I mean. <laughs> well, and I do love it, because Jenny has that moment of where she's like, oh, I am thinking about Julian for dirty, sexy porn reasons. But <laughs> she's like, no, Tom, I can he kidnapped the high us. Ground. I have the high world ground. I love that. That moment, I'm just like, oh, Jenny. <laughs> But then Tom is like, Tom is the worst because Jenny's like, we need to talk about like what's going on with us. And he's like, no, let's not talk about it. How dare we communicate? Look, I know the score maybe better than you do. What, sir? What do you know about your relationship better than your (laughs) fucking girlfriend slash partner in this relationship? Who is telling you that she wants to be okay? You dickweed. Ugh, I hate Tom so much. (laughs) Now I'm with you on this one. So... They briefly almost connect. And then it's a Dan Fogelberg. So the weird thing for me happens, like, right, he brings her home. And it's weird to me that when Jenny mentions that they might be breaking up, that her mom is like, oh, well, you're at an age where things start changing. Mm -hmm. It's like, maybe this is about the fact that their friend is dead or missing, lady. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It feels, this is where I'm like, it's only been three weeks. The way that people react to this stuff you would think that the adults would be a little bit more sympathetic instead of just being like, well, you're in a age where things change. Oh, is it because of all the stuff that's happening about summer? But now it's, oh, no, sometimes your body goes through changes, sweetie. <laughs> sometimes you grow up, honey. I was like, the this has no sense of connection to the fact that it's only been three weeks. Well, no, and it's, it's yet another instance, like you said, of the adults being absolutely clueless and like just totally out of touch with everything that's happening in the book and maybe that's intentional you know maybe i feel like any of them need an older sibling i'm just now realizing none of them do nope they're all older siblings themselves even summer was an older sibling mm-hmm. that's weird it's a really weird choice yeah i feel like d i feel like d should have an older sister I don't know why. Yeah, but instead she's got a mom and a grandma, and the grandma is, like, the mom place, and the mom is the older sister place. Well, because we never see the mom. And then Abba is just there to be the one adult. Just the one. (laughs) The magical older black lady. Ugh, she she is. The lady is in, like, two scenes, and she's still, like, (laughs) "Mm, to a T. She's like, I have a story for you from Africa. Convenient. It came to me in a dream for you white children (laughs) and also my granddaughter. (laughs) I think it's for you, Jenny. Yeah. Just way to be economical with your racism, LJ. Anyway. <laughs> the, the older black lady did it. Not not LJ. <laughs> I just, oh my gosh. It, it's so 100% feels like that Stephen King thing we talked about last episode. Yes. No, I, I've been thinking about that a lot. So whatever. Uh, Jenny tries to go to sleep. She can't. She gets another uh, ah-ish call. It's very spooky. 
but she decides that she needs to do something to purify herself. And you've got like LJ's woo woo coming back in. <laughs> so she goes for, oh, Jenny does get naked. Mm. Oh, wait, is she? Is yeah, she naked? She is naked because she talks about how sensual it feels and et cetera. Oh, okay. I thought she was in her swimsuit. No. Nope. It was not made explicitly clear to me. No, nope. she strips her clothes off and then gets okay. in the pool. All right, we have another naked person. We have a second naked. Now, granted, we don't hear about White Panther Jenny, but... <laughs> we don't hear about Snow Leopard Jenny. <laughs> we don't hear about... What's another white thing? Albino... White Tiger Jenny. Squirrel Jenny. <laughs> we don't hear about Arctic Fox Jenny. That's a good one. That's very good. I was thinking stuff so like Snow Hair. No, we said Snow. Anyway. <laughs> don't hear about Polar Bear Jenny. <laughs> and she is being very polar bear. She's going for a swim yeah. naked. It's cold. Yes. Yeah. She's, she's going for a polar bear swim. It's a perfect opportunity. She's going for a naked swim. I This, again, is another image that's like stuck with me because it's very... LJ talks about the fluorescent blue-green jewel of Jenny's pool and yeah. how she slides into the water and then floats on her back and like feels the water encasing her and the silver moon in the sky and it all feels very like very woo woo some good ambiance and aesthetic absolutely like this is something that would be in a photo set especially since she's naked of course so yeah she kind of reflects on the fact that her time with julian has made her more sensitive to things about pretty things about like being in the moment jenny lives for now you know <laughs> she is so ahead of her 30 year old self <laughs> jenny's having like a teenage midlife crisis that's what happens when you get taken to the shadow realm you're gonna really see the eyes in the dark piercing into your soul <laughs> And then, you know, she reflects on her, her grandfather and all that stuff. And she goes back to bed. She wakes up at 3.35 a.m., very spooky, to another um, at-ish call. And she determines that the caller is saying famished and connects it to Julian and the Shadow Men. The next thing is that she tells her friends, obviously. She's like, hey, guys, Julian has my number. He's calling me. I don't know who gave it to him. And they, this is where we come in with, like, the foreshadowing. Because Michael tells her, oh, no, it's, like, a model. In your brain. A model in your brain. Which, props to Michael, like, accurate. If this were not a supernatural book, this is what would be happening. <laughs> right? It's when you learn a new word and suddenly you hear it three other times that week. Yes. So Michael explains to her that, you know, oh, you you were asleep and you were thinking about the shadow man and it sounded like the right words. So your brain just made it sound like that word. And he explains about like, oh, if a model was good enough, your brain could be fooled into thinking it was real. I hope he goes into virtual reality in the future. <laughs> Michael? Yeah. Well, he's, I mean, he's the child of a sci-fi writer, we find out. Oh, yeah, that's right. We don't find out anything about Michael's ambitions, though. I think he wants to be a stay-at-home dad for Audrey. Oh, that's adorable. That Just, is like, so cute. Like, take care cute. of the kids while she goes be, like, a cool fashion designer or something. This is perfect and my new headcanon. <laughs> He'd be a good stay-at-home dad. He would. He'd be making those kids the snacks, telling Aww. them spooky stories, and, like, they'd have to listen to him talk about whatever bullshit he read this week, you know? <laughs> Be like, I was on the Google the other day, children, and this is the wiki hole I fell down. Let me tell you kids about crypto. 
But yeah, he he's he's the first one to get us into the idea of what's in your mind might not be real. Right. So Jenny's like sort of comforted by that because of course she would prefer that to Jillian yeah. being back. And she also tells him about her issues with Tom. So Audrey convinces Jenny that to make Tom jealous, she needs to go to the prom. Uh, and LJ Smith, of course, has never let any opportunity pass by to tell us about girls in pretty dresses. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, of course, we hear every detail about the gold dress that Jenny wears. I honestly don't think it looks very good on, like, the idea of just, like, all gold seems weird to me. It also sounds very 90s because she's got, like, her hair all puffy and everything, too. Yeah. Not great. But, you know, uh, it was 94. So, uh, her and Audrey go to the prom. Uh, It's a masquerade prom. And, uh, of course... Jenny is whisked away by a masked person that she doesn't recognize. Uh, and she goes with him because she feels so bad about this poor boy that she's totally fucking with. She's like, sorry, Brian, I definitely need to go hang out with whoever the hell this is that wants to cut in. Literally anybody else, please just get me. God, <laughs> the guilt. I can't stand it. This poor boy. I'm glad he didn't die. I honestly couldn't remember. yeah he has very little to do with anything he's just here to be a reason for jenny to dress up and make tom jealous i guess and also get our jareth uh, and sarah at the masquerade ball absolutely if this book was not centered around this scene there's no reason to have done this three weeks later i do want to note that they said that they had previously been to the junior prom so my little Mm -hmm. timeline obsessing is here a bit that means that the junior prom would have had to have happened before April 22nd, and that just seems awkward to me. Why would you have your junior prom sometime in April? I didn't even know that the two were separate. They are. There's the junior prom and the senior prom. Not everyone has a junior prom, but if you have a junior prom, why would you have it in April? There's still May and June. Because uh, LJ Smith? I guess. But yeah, I absolutely had Jareth singing in my head during this whole scene. Oh, absolutely. This is 100% what we're here for. This is what I'm here for. Uh, Yes, absolutely. I needed more descriptions of what he was wearing, actually. I know. And more descriptions of those uh, eyes and that Mm -hmm. hair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Give me my Goblin King. Like, honestly, this is the most memorable part of the book to young me is Jenny getting whisked away to dance on a balcony in front of the ocean. Are you fucking kidding me? A cliffside balcony. Oh, my God. Like Gorgeousness. I'm 33 and I'm still like, fucking take me, Julian, (laughs) to your balcony (laughs) by the sea. Like we said, it would be great if Jenny was older so that she could be like, yep, no, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) right now i'm ready to cast away these mortal men (laughs) so yeah uh julian corners her and jenny i love she has a note of like oh why did i think that julian would look like himself when he came for me obviously he could look like anybody right so julian's like hey babe i'm back you gotta come with me and jenny's like "Mm, no he's like well you did promise and she's like "Mm, still not gonna do it He's like, okay, great, because I've made a new game, Jenny. I'm so excited to tell you about this. I just love her. He's like, are you going to keep your promise? And she's like, no, no, not gonna. He's like, cool, 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 cool. (laughs) Julian has been, it's been three weeks. Nobody has been able to make their schedule work. Julian is so anxious for game night. Oh, my God. He needs his game night. He's like, all right, I know it seems like I only had uh, one game that I was a one trick pony. I'm not. (laughs) I have three, but I'm only going to tell you about this next one. 
<laughs> right. Like, you don't know there's going to be a third one yet, but there is. I'm going to keep it going because I, Jenny, nobody plays games with me anymore. It's just you, Jenny. Ever since I got kicked out of Jenny. I love that. If that if Jenny is his, not even that he's in love with her. She's just his platonic ideal game oh, tester. I miss mine. I used to have some. You know, my feelings are with running games these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be. It's, it's hard. It's hard to find the right group. And you know it what? Is. Julian, I get it. I yeah. get it, man. He's like, look, you're all falling apart. Let me bring you together with another game. Julian, I too would kidnap my perfect game players and take them away for a weekend of gaming. I await you kidnapping me. <laughs> all right. So you have to go to a high school prom, though. On a cliffside. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's going to be real expensive to make this work. <laughs> How will you come up with the portals, I wonder? It's cardboard and LED lights. Oh, that's great. I actually found a crafting channel that can give you a very detailed tutorial. <laughs> what if we put some string lights in a hula hoop? <laughs> and, then, and then you just put like some like wavy cloth inside the hula hoop and then you yes. just get like a fan from the side and just blow it a little. Yeah. No, that's great. Movie magic. <laughs> <laughs> so Julian's like, okay, great. So I've got this new game. It's called Lambs and Monsters. Which is what the kids were playing, if you don't remember. It's basically cops and robbers, except that everybody's a robber, question mark? I don't mm-hmm. really, I never Every- played cops and robbers. So uh, I don't know. It's basically like, what is it? Capture the flag, but there's no flag except the base, and you don't know where the base is? It's capture the flag, but the flag are people. Yeah. I like lambs and monsters better because fuck the police, so. <laughs> this is woke cops and robbers, okay? <laughs> She didn't know it then. She didn't know it. (laughs) So Julian's like, okay, the game starts right now. And then he slams on the yellow button and runs away. (laughs) And Jenny's like, oh, shit, who is it? And he tells her it's going to be Little Red Riding Hood. Of course, that means Audrey. Of course. So she sees Audrey walking off onto the beach with her date. And she runs off after her. Audrey almost gets got, but fucking Tom springs out of the shadows like, no, I was stalking you the whole time, babe. (laughs) But at least he helps Audrey. He does. He helps Audrey. They figure out that the the portals are a new thing. They go and collect everybody in like the middle of the night. Oh, my God. Poor Michael. Yeah. Michael, like 1 a.m. He's like, why are all these people in my house? It's probably my favorite description. It says, while a cross and sleep wrinkled Michael at the others into his apartment. Caffeine, <laughs> Michael mumbled, for God's sake. It's <laughs> like, I love this boy. I appreciate him so much. It's absolutely precious that Michael would be like that sleepy at 1 a.m. I know. He's like, my girlfriend's on a date to the prom. I'm just going to go to fuck to sleep. They describe everything that happened and they take way too long describing fucking portals. Yeah, there's this weird thing where they try to figure out, like, what the portals are instead of just letting them be portals. Michael's like, oh, well, here's some metaphysical bullshit about Swiss cheese or whatever. They're in a vortex. I'm like, it's a fucking portal. It's just a portal. It's just a convenience thing, dude. Yeah. It's like a game mechanic. I don't understand why we're like... And they even get to that. They're like, it's like snakes and ladders. And someone's like, shoots and ladders. And they're like, meh, whatever. And then Michael's like, no, I read about this on the internet. You're going to listen to me. (laughs) Which made me think about the ways that, uh, no, when people disappear, they fall through motherfucking holes because underneath our planet is terrifying. Caverns are gonna kill you. (laughs) 
Is that is that the thing that you read about on the internet that you're making all of your children listen to? Yes. <laughs> Let me tell you about these caverns, children. No, the thing that terrified me is there's there's two maps. One map is a map of all of the places that people have gone missing. And the other map, which basically settles right on top of that one, is a map of the uncharted cavern system in the United States. So all of those people who went missing could have just, you know, been eaten by animals or whatever, washed away down the river, their bones haven't been found yet, or they just fucked off, probably fell into a cave system and they can't get out of it. (laughs) And they died in the caves. That's what I'm terrified of. Honestly, that's pretty terrifying. It is. It's super terrifying. Like, imagine the Earl King scene, but like, you don't know how to fucking get out. Right. But like, no hot Jillian. Yeah. It's just, it's just dark down there. If you can even fucking move, you might fall into a wedged place. And now you're like, this hole is mine, but there's no way out the other end. Or break all your bones and then you're just laying there. Yeah. Right. Fucking weird shit. Like, ooh, gross. Caves are terrible. Yeah, that's on the bottom of my ways I would like to die list. Just really (laughs) far down there. Yeah, not interested at all. And I need you to know that Minecraft updated their cavern system, Uh and they do a really good job of making caves fucking terrifying now. (laughs) Now? They were always terrifying. No, they're worse. Why? There's just, oh, I don't know. We'll have to go into Minecraft sometime together. I don't want to waste too much time on it. Sure. It's it's terrifying. We'll just go in flying mode, and I'll be like, check this out. Let's light it up. Look at this. It's awful. (laughs) So yeah, so Michael's all like, they fell into portals, and I'm like, they fell into caverns. <laughs> right, literal holes, Michael. Not metaphysical <laughs> holes. Literal yeah. holes in the earth. The earth. The earth swallowed them. The earth was like, meow. <laughs> so they even reference like a very specific book or a short story about some yeah. guy who disappears. And it's like, LJ, would nobody listen to you? Is this what this is? You just wanted to talk about all this <laughs> cool stuff you learned? My book. You have to listen to me, 12-year-old children who are reading this. I'm not going to give you another sexy Julian scene until you listen to me talk about this Charles Ashford novel. (laughs) Julian does show up, though. I'm pretty sure he shows up while Jenny's sleeping, so. No, they have to go deal with the fact that fucking Audrey has disappeared. They, like, go get some of her shit from the housekeeper. And then we have the Magritte painting. And Uh, Michael, this is not a pipe. This is not an absinthe cocktail reference. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. So Zach gets to be Michael for five minutes. Michael? <laughs> Where Michael is talking oh. about the models in our mind. <laughs> to tell about this cool stuff that he knows? Yeah, to talk about surrealist paintings and the idea of a picture of a pipe that's labeled, this is not a pipe. And she's like, but it is a pipe. And he's like, no, it's a picture of a pipe. And she's like, uh, I like almost got it. But, <laughs> and then it floated away because it was too hard. And I'm like, oh, come on. Jenny. But it's cool, you know, and, and his comment about, you know, we tell kids this, we show them a picture of a dog, you're like, this is a doggy, but this is not, this is a picture of a dog. Mm-hmm. And how he's like, this is how I deal with my fucking trauma right now, because oh my a paper God. house is not a house. <laughs> okay, I did send a note to you that Michael is kind of the mad of this series, and I feel that mm-hmm. deeply. Uh, Zach? Yeah, sorry, Zach yeah, is the no, mad I agree. of the series. He's like, I had trauma. <laughs> Before. <laughs> and then it got worse. Remember when I was, like, super afraid and, like, scared that I was going to turn out like a grandpa? Well, now I realize that my only respite (laughs) from those thoughts is also bad. Even scarier. And he tells Jenny about how he's, like, hasn't wanted to take a picture since they came back from the shadow world. Because all of his pictures were used against him. Yeah. Poor kid. Poor kid. Julian fucked this boy up. 
Joy, and Joy, this is such like a, not a casual Collateral damage. Yeah, this is such collateral damage. Yeah. He's not even trying to hurt the rest of them. He's not even trying to hurt them. No, he's not. But he is ruining Zach's shit. (laughs) It's why when we get to the third book, from what I remember of the third book, I hate his arc. Oh, yeah, because he's just magically better. Yeah, and I'm like, mm, no, my boy was going through some shit. Mm-mm, no. He was. He still is. I mean, yeah. we get, like, glimpses of his family with his, like, probably abusive dad. The one who Julian was like, I bet it's his dad underneath that mask. It's like, cool. <laughs> I like that Julian was there, like, armchair psychology is being like, it's a daddy thing, isn't it? Right, go play a game with him, Julian. Be, do right? good shit. Julian, use your powers for good. Nope, only use powers for Jenny. I will only play my games with Jenny. She's the only one who gives me honest feedback. Everyone else just screams. (laughs) Everyone else just screams. And I can't take anything constructive from that. (laughs) It makes me feel sad. (laughs) But, you know, while they're there with the picture, and like you said, we see the dad, and the dad's just like, you can't go to this, because they're all trying to stay together. Right. now they realize after Audrey's been taken that at any moment, any one of them, if you're alone, they're getting taken. Well, they're also getting hints. Yes. Um, they got a hint that it was Audrey, but it was they didn't have time to figure it out before it happened. And then with Zach, they figured it out very quickly, but they didn't have time to get there. Right. Because Zach had to stay in a different house from them. So when they ran, and it's Julian who gives her that clue. Yes. So when they ran to go get him, they just weren't able to make it. Uh, And Zach gets got. Something that, like, I didn't realize, I think, when I read this, even the last time. Once they get into the part where people start disappearing, it is back to back to back to back. Like, this chunk of the book is so short. Yeah. I mean, it's in the, like, last hundred pages of it, basically. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even take those full 100 pages. It's like, they get taken, something else. Someone else gets taken. Something else? Someone else gets taken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, some of those something else's are uh, visits with Julian, FYI. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. The good parts of this book. He was not in this book nearly enough. He was not, but his interactions with Jenny were always so fucking enjoyable. Julian is so charming in this book. Him and Jenny have a very, like, Damon and Elena relationship where, like, she's kind of done with his bullshit. <laughs> But he's not done with his bullshit. He's like, I'm still on it. Right? He's still bullshitting at her. And Jenny's just like, oh, my God, I can't take this anymore. Just tell me who you're taking next. Take me. Take me. Because I'm so through listening to your shit. And Jillian's like, no, 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 no. I designed this for you. Yeah. Like when he first sees her, his first appearance at the the balcony at the dance, where she's just like, I I just want to fucking throw myself off this fucking cliffside to end it. (laughs) she's so done with him (laughs) like this fucking guy again this fucking guy and Julian's like sashay sashay bang bang ladies (laughs) I love there's one moment where like she's like what are you gonna do he's like I'm gonna kiss you and she's like oh is that all (laughs) right she doesn't even fucking care go ahead fucking kiss me Uh, like when she's asking for a, a hint to find the base because one of the objectives is like if you find the base and you find all the people have been taken, the game's, game's over and you win. Yeah. So she's like, well, we, we haven't been in, given any clues. Like, I don't know where this base is. So she goes to Julian. She's like, tell me where the base is. I love the <laughs> way she taunts him with like, 
his sportsmanship. She's like, yeah, she's like, it wouldn't be fair if I couldn't find it. Right. So you have to help me. And he's like, this is true. I am a changeling game player. (laughs) So I'm going to win. But all right, I'll give you a sporting chance. Like, I absolutely want to make an NPC based on Julian. (sighs) There is a kith that is a changeling that is called a game player. Yes. Like, you would be great. He would be a good changeling and not a true fae. Because, like, his elders are definitely the true fae who taught him all this. Mm -hmm. But just someone who's like, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah, I'm going to fuck with this human's life. Bye, games! It's delightful. So, yeah, so Jenny goes to him and she's like, all right, give me a hint. And he's like, okay, but not for free. And she's like, yeah, I fucking know. I fucking know that I (laughs) have to kiss you. You think I didn't guess that? (laughs) She's like, what, you want a fucking handy? Let's go. (laughs) Like, all right. She like unzips her shirt. She's like, let's fucking do this, okay? Touch my titties. It's fine. <laughs> she does not care. She's like, I don't give a fuck about this dude. You have my friends. Touch them. I know you've seen them, but you can touch <laughs> she them. She can this probably time. have blown his whole mind. And she's just like, yep, go ahead. And he's like, what? This is what I'm saying. I was talking to Raven about this, about like, what if there was a Jenny who just played Julian from the beginning, which is like, <laughs> oh, this guy wants to fuck me. I can work with this. I want that so bad. I could ever decide to have sex with him. He's cute. I'm cute. All <laughs> right. He's like, oh, I need to like manipulate this guy to get him to like go easy on us and let mm-hmm. let my friends escape from his evil game. He thinks I'm so innocent like Tom does. I've got this. Please, <laughs> sir. Sir. You have seen my porn searches, sir. <laughs> yes. Ugh, I love it. I want that. <laughs> I want that fanfic. Yeah. I want, I want like, as I think I mentioned last time, I want like older Jenny who's been through some shit, already dumped her Tom. <laughs> No kids, because I don't want her having to choose between, like, my kids mm-hmm. and that. But just older, done with shit, had a couple relationships, and it's just, like, fine. And then this added in. Her just playing him. Yeah. She's like, oh, it's that guy that I didn't go out with in high school, and he's back? I got time for him now. <laughs> yep. <sighs> fine, I'll throw him a bone. <laughs> and he's like, what? I don't know what to do. I'm a fucking 6,000-year-old virgin. Wouldn't that be amazing if Julia, like, the minute that Jenny, like, I don't know, showed him her titties, he just, like, <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what are you doing? Babe, you have had so long to learn this shit, <laughs> and you didn't. Why would I want to be with you? Julia's like, I was saving myself for you. Don't do that for me. I didn't ask you. <laughs> Julian, go get laid. Literally right. anybody Just else. Go. You're you're an ice demon. You're a fucking Jotun. You're not gonna have any trouble. No one's gonna give or receive anything from anyone right. except pleasure. Just go. Anybody and everybody would fuck yeah. you. Like get out there, figure out your body. So that you can help Jenny figure out hers. Older Jenny. I like, I love this. This has now become a therapy podcast for Julian. Julian, (laughs) what do you have to offer aside from immortal power and all of that shit? (laughs) Aside from that. God, does she, if she went with him, what if she like fucking died at like, you know, 80? We don't know that he can keep her alive. He's never tried. 
Yeah, I I don't know if they ever address it either. It's like, does he just want her for a human lifetime? Like, I don't know. Is he then going to pine for her for the rest of his eternity until he finds someone who looks like Jenny? We got a Dracula story. Oh, or we got another fucking Stefan Salvatore. Oh, God. Or is it the Jareth thing with like, I'm Sarah. Of course you're Sarah. They're always going to be Sarah's. (laughs) He finds another Jenny. Right? Like, that was one of the things that struck me in the first book where he was like, I've never loved anyone before and I'll never love ever anyone else. I'm like, you've been alive thousands of years. Thousands. You're going to be alive for thousands more, except spoilers that he's not going to be. But <laughs> theoretically, you could be. Yeah. Would you have removed your name from the Staff of Life when her flame went out, Julian? How romantic. <laughs> Jenny's last act is to carve his name out of the staff of life. And that's how he wants to go. So that he never has to live without her. Absolutely. (laughs) Ah, beautiful. Anyway, in conclusion, they all get got. I mean, it's a nice, fun game of like, get a riddle, somebody gets nabbed. They're not good at riddles. They're not. Tom still being a jerk. Jenny gets the ring put back on her at the prom. And every time her and Tom go to have a moment, he sees the fucking ring and he's like, oh, God, she ever thought about another man. Disgusting. (laughs) I did like when she woke up and had the silver rose next to her. Mm -hmm. Tom sees it and freaks out because that is one of the moments that I'm like, ooh, he realizes he can get into her dreams. Like that is the only like moment I can see it from Tom's perspective as, oh, fuck he's there but the other ones are just eh, she's thinking about him no. with no reason to be freaked out i mean beyond the reason to actually be freaked out which is that he's there yeah which is <laughs> that an immortal demon is trying to kidnap all of your friends yeah not just your girlfriend right it's like every time he looks at the ring he's like i'm reminded of julian i'm like oh are you reminded of the fact that that's basically like a shackle shackling her right? to this demon like because yeah. that's what it should remind you of and not it shouldn't make you think about he wants to marry her. Right. Come on, Tom. Thank goodness he goes off, though, and, like, gets the, the creeper and the lurker. Right. And, like, does something with his fucking life. Either way, I wish that Tom would grow up to be a detective instead of okay. a law boy. Okay. Why? Like, knowing that LJ Smith had decided he was going to be, like, Tom Cruise. I don't know. She, she didn't understand it, but basically, like, working for a law firm. He is so much more interesting as someone who is paying attention and, like, being a private eye, basically, seems so much more interesting for Tom. Because he went out there. He found the blood that Gordy had, you know, he, like, shot one of the monsters. He hunts them back down. Like, I think P.I. Tom Locke. (laughs) Way more interesting than law boy Tom Locke. Yeah, because lawyer is very, very boring. Business law. He wanted to know business law. It's so boring, Tom. It's Tom, so you're boring. the worst. Ugh. But becoming a PI is great because, like, even though the moment, like, at some point he's like, he used charm on a female detective. Literally, they say that. Like, he's playing fucking D&D. <laughs> um, like, female. Thanks, 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 you fucking Ferengi. But, like. <laughs> He just wanders in and starts chatting up some some lady and she eventually gives him information and that lets him go figure out where the creek is. Like, Tom, go be a fun detective boy. <laughs> it's not accurate to canon, but I like to imagine Tom as Burt Macklin, FBI agent. <laughs> oh, this would be so much more interesting. It would. God. Anyway, if Tom had any personality aside from... Ooh, it would be more interesting. Yeah. So yeah, Tom's whole thing is that like he thinks that 
there's something significant about the place that Gordy died because he found like weird blood out there. And so he gets kidnapped when he goes out there to see if that's where the base is, even though Jenny yeah. was like, no, because it doesn't fit. Tom's like, well, what door. if you're wrong? Mm, Tom, what if you're wrong? What if I'm not? And like, he was only kind of wrong. He did acknowledge that like, if at least he could get them, they would have to not deal with that. And like, he did a good job and he got both of them. He's so insufferably fatalistic about it though. He's like, he knew- This was my last trip. It's a mission he would never come back from. Okay, Tom. It's a okay. one way trip. All right. Get off your fucking 17 cross. year old boy. Ugh. Gross. Anyway. Michael's though, the first time I read it and the second time are the saddest because um, he gets kidnapped while he's on the toilet. <laughs> Michael, this is just <laughs> terrible. It's so Michael. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to get taken down that hole. Like, you know. Because his clue is a hole. Yeah. It's just that. Just a hole. And you're just like, no, you can't. <laughs> Taking down the toilet. I hope you got to pee first. I like the minimum amount of effort Julian put into Michael's clue. Julian was just like, whatever. I don't know. I don't care. Fucking hole. And poor Michael freaks out. He's like, it's me. It's me next. I mean, like, he's obviously going to save you. You're the best. Saving the best for last. <laughs> he's like freaking out. Right. He's like, but I have to go to the bathroom, Jenny. I adore that it ends with Michael and Jenny, that they're the last two standing. They've had the least yes. interaction, but it's so funny. Yep. And it really, because it, I love Michael so much. Me too. That like having the two of them there at the end is just very good. Yep. But it's only for like two pages because Michael like immediately yep. gets got. Uh <laughs> Poor Jenny. She's like. Oh, I told him it wouldn't take him down the toilet. And I lied to him. She's so sad. And that's like literally the first thing he says <laughs> when he sees her again. So Michael. Just be like, you said it wouldn't take me, Jenny. I was terrified. I was going to the bathroom and then it took me. <laughs> Thank you, LJ Smith, for that moment. It's so good. Everybody's like, oh my God, Jenny, what are you doing here? How did you get here? Michael, like, you said wouldn't take me. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I'm so glad you're grumpy right now. Thank you. So yeah, everybody gets taken. Jenny she finally figures out where the uh, base is based on all of the clues. Yes. And she goes to Zachary's house where it is. And it's a nice little like creepy chase scene. I appreciate Julian's theatrics here where he could just show up and be yeah. like, hey, babe, it's time. <laughs> Instead, he's, like, chasing her with darkness, making streetlights go out. And oh, she... it was so good. It was just pages. It was, like, four pages of no dialogue and him winking out the lights. Yeah, Jenny just running for it because she knows now and Julian knows that she knows. And it's great because when she finally gets to the house, the house is, like, pitch black. She's trying to get to the garage where the door to the um the secret base is. She's, like, almost there, getting through the kitchen. Oh, the garage door is just on the other side. And then she runs into Jill and he's like, <laughs> you didn't think I would let you get there, did you? No, not going to happen. Sweetie, it's time. It's time to go. And I love that Julian... That fucking whipped piece of shit falls for it every time. Jenny's like, oh, no, you're right. It's time. Just just like take about two steps back. Loosen your grip a little bit. Shove. Shove immediately. I love the way it's described. As soon as he loosens her grip because he was like kind of hugging her. Just boom. Doesn't even think about it. The look on Julian's face as he falls into his own fucking holes. She's like, oh, he's going to be so mad at me. <laughs> like, yes. Yes, he is. He's going to be pissed. Right? 
It's funny that he doesn't end up where they ended up. No, that is funny. I did wonder about that. Like, did the group in the cafeteria see Julian, like, fall on his ass on top of those (laughs) tables? And then him just, like, snap himself out of there. Get up, dust himself off, and be like, nothing to see here. Like a cat who fell off the counter. (laughs) Yes, absolutely, 100%. I meant to do that. (laughs) Eat your slop. (laughs) Cafeteria is open. (laughs) So anyway, no. Uh, Jenny runs for the garage. She gets there. She rips open the door to the secret base, which is in a mural of their high school cafeteria, a photograph that they took. Which I think they mentioned in the first book, too. They did mention it. Which is very good. It's very good. A door that you've been through a thousand times, but never actually been through, like, shades of gray, black and white, and she, like, puts it together. And it's, it's good stuff. It's very good. That was one of my favorite things, reading the book the first time. The way it all, like, came together like that. Yeah, it's a nice, like, all of the shit that Michael's been talking about, all the shit that Zach has been talking about. Like, it all comes together cohesively. Mm-hmm. So, she busts in. She's like, fucking ollie ollie oxen free. <laughs> it's time to go. And then nothing happens. And she's like, Julian, you fucking motherfucker. You're pulling some bullshit. You're pulling some Julian-ass bullshit. Are you going to cheat, Julian? No. Are you not cheating? Are you cheating? Nope. Julian? You just got to walk through this door. Julian, look at me. Go this door right here. Are you cheating? Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. Because it feels like you're cheating. (laughs) I'm not cheating. (laughs) All you have to do is walk through this door. And the fire that's in front of it. (laughs) (laughs) Then he, poof. (laughs) Smoke bomb. He's such a good little fucking sprite. He's so funny about it, too, because he's such a smug asshole about this whole fucking thing. And so, yeah, now everything's on fucking fire. It's just like a ring of fire around them in the cafeteria. Yep. And all of it comes together. Right now, she was experiencing something like drowning, her life flashing before her, or at least the last three weeks, or at least bits of them. Disconnected, jumbled images, each sharp as a clip from a high-grade home video. Julian appeared, beautiful as a December morning, his eyes like liquid cobalt, his hair moon-wet. I never cheat. I practice gamesmanship. And Abba, her old face with its fine bones under velvety night-black skin. Because she has to say it that way. Last night I dreamed a Hausa story. And Michael, dear Michael, his hair wildly mussed. Dark eyes shining with enthusiasm. See, your brain is like a modeling system. It takes the input from your senses and makes the most reasonable model it can. And Zack, thin and beaky-nosed, gray eyes alight with a fierce gleam. A picture of a pipe is not a pipe. And Jenny drifted, ears filled with the noise of the fire. All the images seemed to float together, merging and intertwining, as if Abba and Michael and Zack were speaking at once. Without another word, the girl dived into the river of fire. Touching's just another sense. It could be fooled, too. The image isn't reality, even though we're used to thinking that way. The fire burned her, of course. My mother always said the fire burned her like fire. If a model's good enough, there would be no way to tell it wasn't real. We show a kid a picture of a dog and say, this is a doggy, but it's not. Jenny sat up, and she's like, figured it out. And I love that. I love all of that. Like, yes, I was there when they all said that stuff, but thank you. Because the first time I read it, I needed that. Previously on the Forbidden Game, The Chase. (laughs) I needed it. I needed to remember it because otherwise they were all talking bullshit. (laughs) Right. So it was very good. But I loved just that, that swirling thoughts in her head. And she's like, ah, I can just walk through the fire. (laughs) She's like, 
No. <laughs> like, um, lay back down. Yeah. <laughs> you need to sleep. And then they move like five feet away. They're like, what the fuck is wrong with Jenny? <laughs> She's like, well, I'm going to go through it. <laughs> By myself, I guess. Yeah. All right. I'm the only one who believes me. So I'm the only one who will believe it. Gotta go. And then she she does. She goes to start to walk through it. And fucking Tom is like, no, no, me too. I'm in this book. Me too, me too. I just, I hate his reasoning on it. Because he's the worst. Because even at the end, he doesn't believe her. Like, yeah. that would mean more to me than just Whatever like. Whatever happened, I wanted to be there. If you got out or if you died. Maybe you could fucking trust her the way that you haven't trusted her this entire fucking book. That. How about that? That right there. And especially since, you know, so they get through the fire and it fucking burns them like fire because, you know, that's what they think it is. But they get through it, it doesn't kill them. And then when they get out the other side, they're fine. But like, once everyone gets through, Zach doesn't and Tom goes back for him. Mm -hmm. So like, this was Tom's last fucking chance to trust Jenny. Yeah, like complete his fucking arc, you know? Yeah. He could have trusted her and said, I believed you and I wanted to be there whatever happened. Both of these things could have been true. Right. And that would have meant so much more than what Jenny does to complete his arc, which is say like, oh, we've been through the fire together. Now we're equals. We can stand next to each other as equals. Like, <laughs> No, Jenny, you're more equal. Yeah. Like, maybe you feel that way, but does Tom feel that way? Mm, no. Don't doesn't. know. No. She feels like his equal and she doesn't understand yet that she has always been better than him <laughs> yeah right right greater than jenny greater than <laughs> this is not an equal sign you gotta bend it let me just squish these sides for you <laughs> right let me just hold on let me get my uh soldering gun let's just fix <laughs> those two ends together there, there we go there you go you're on this side he's on that side right now what does this say jenny the alligator eats me <laughs> yes jenny the alligator eats you <laughs> because why because i'm bigger yes because you're bigger. That doesn't seem right. No, it does. I I know to you this is hard to understand, but trust me, when you're 30. <laughs> exactly. Give it 10 years. <laughs> Give it two years. Mm. Give it a year and a half. Oh my God, seriously. So yeah, Tom goes back for Zach. They do not get out of the, the photograph before it burns up. Uh, they are trapped inside. There was a really nice description of Jenny after they get trapped in the photo where she puts her hands over her face and it says she hadn't known she could make sounds like that and i'm like oh jenny right because it's her boyfriend and her cousin these is like right she has known zach her whole life and had that awkward encounter with not zach <laughs> and and she's been dating tom since second grade that's a long time to like think you're in love with a person and they think they're dead gone you have no reason not to think that because summer died yeah yeah as far as i know yeah well <laughs> so instead um some cool special effects pop up on the wall and it says that you know your friends are with me in the shadow world if you want them come on a treasure hunt but remember if you lose there's the devil to pay dun 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 and jenny's like all right well i'm gonna fucking win <laughs> Yeah, Julia's like, psych, I got another game. Jenny, I'm so excited for this one. You're going to love it. Your friends have opened the secret third game. I love the idea that Zach didn't even trip. Julian just grabbed him and he was like, no, 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 no. no. There's a third game. There's a third game. Shh. It's okay. It's going to be great. You don't have to do anything. We'll just hang out and eat like, you know, pizza and popcorn in Niflheim. She'll definitely come for you since you're a blood relative. 
So you just you'll hang out. We'll watch yeah. movies. Um, I'll let you. You can ride some rides if you want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> really yeah, great. No, you can't leave until she you can't, gets no. you. No. Those are the rules. Yeah. She has to come get you. She will. She'll come get you. But let me tell you about my secret fourth game that I definitely have. <laughs> it's a long shot because I need this one person to like rewrite my name on the staff of life. But when that happens, oh boy. Who? Oh, I don't I don't know. I'm just I haven't decided somebody. that yet. They're slim though. Yeah. Slim and probably fuckable. Probably. I bet they want to fuck me. I mean who wouldn't, am I right? <laughs> bing bing ladies. <laughs> So yeah, the the end. The end. Uh, see you again in part three. It is such a middle book. It is. It's a super middle book. I still like the game of it. Yeah. No, I love the the lambs and monsters. Even if it did feel a lot like Julian wasn't giving them a fair shot. He, the ti- his timetable, Julian. You gotta be fair. Yeah. You can't keep railroading them. Exactly. The GM just like didn't anticipate how long it would take them for some and how quick it would take them for others. <laughs> he was like, you really like, I, that's a second grade riddle. <laughs> come on. And then he's like, look, I didn't anticipate that Zach's parents wouldn't let him come to the game. He's like, I didn't plan for that. Roll intelligence. Roll intelligence. <laughs> like, look, you got it right away. Go, 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 go. I'm sorry. My guys are already on their way. Like, it's nothing I could do, you know? <laughs> <laughs> There's everything you can do, Julian. No, I gotta be fair. I'm the GM. I already rolled my die. <laughs> no, I can't fudge it. I have integrity. <laughs> Julian, if he could just understand as a GM that the point of the game is collaborative storytelling and like collaborative fun. You want your players to have fun, Julian, and they're not having fun. You made them walk through fire, which felt like walking through fire. (laughs) They felt like their skin burned off. Dude, this is not fun. We're all here for the immersive experience, but there have to be lines, Julian. (laughs) My boundary is making me walk through fire that will feel like (laughs) I am burning alive. Thank you. I'll fall through a portal be stuck there for a couple days hanging out with my friends oh that's such a burden but the fire mm -mm. can we fade to black after i walk through the fire can we do that right can it just look like i'm about to and then just see me on the other side this is why nobody plays with you julian yeah you're not respecting anybody's boundaries like why do we even have the x card he's like well jenny is the one i listen to (laughs) she never uses it oh of course the gm's girlfriend (laughs) jenny's like i am not his girlfriend (laughs) It will never be his girlfriend. Jillian, give me the fucking comment card. Yeah, no, <laughs> give it to me right now. You took the ring. You wear the ring. <laughs> no, take it. This is a fucking cheap prop. Take it back. Give me the card. The worst part is when his two friends got killed by that one player. <laughs> it took me a minute. It took me a minute to realize you were talking about the snake and the wolf. Jillian's only friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, they said they'd help out with the game. <laughs> it's true. They were also sick of hearing about it. They just needed it to happen so he would stop talking about it. Can you imagine the wolf and the snake are the only people who have been like hanging out with Julian for years Forever. and like all he fucking talks about is this honey blonde girl. Jenny, 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 Jenny. And they're like, hey, Tom. Uh, so you've made it to the encounter at uh, Owl Creek. Do you want to just like rock, paper, scissors this and I'll telegraph my moves really obviously? 
We're he's, so tired. He's not here. He's running Jenny's game right now like, <laughs> in the other room. So whatever we do in here, like, if you want to kill us, we can just negotiate that. Like, how do we go down? I want to get a little bit of a, like, fight in, you know, like, make it not too easy for you so that, like, when he gets you, because he's going to get you. I'm sorry. But do you want to kill us in the meantime? <laughs> like a snake and the wolf are, like, the co-DMs. They're just so fucking tired of playing yep, this game. Yep. They're like, there's assistants. They're the ASTs. And they're just like, oh, man. I don't want to be around for the third game. Tom's like, the third game? Oh, buddy. Fuck. All right, look, if you don't want to play the third game, go back into the picture. You'll understand when you get there. Yeah, then you only have to come back for, like, the last two sessions. Yeah, and it's it's fine. Listen, uh, we're actually getting together to do, like, a little Pathfinder game on Saturdays. <laughs> Are you interested? Uh, I could try. I've never played it before. Is this really the only game I've ever played? <laughs> Tom Locke, literally the only game Tom Locke has ever played. Tom Locke does not play Monopoly. <laughs> I do not understand Go Fish. <laughs> I do not play Connect Four. <laughs> well, that's not true. Hopscotch? Tom Locke play football and Tom Locke play Forbidden Game. Yeah. F games only, please. <laughs> Tom Locke will think about it. <laughs> Well, here's our number, and uh, this is how it goes down. Gonna put your little piece here for them to find later. So, come on, let's go hang out in the break room. The out of the out of character zone. We've got Doritos. In the cafeteria. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, poor Snake and Wolf. I know. Snake and Wolf. <laughs> Snake and Wolf. That's the upgraded character <laughs> for the fourth game. <laughs> it's a Snake Wolf. Is it a wolf with a snake? neck and head is it a snake with a wolf head both of those options are equally unsettling <laughs> well okay but if it's a snake with a wolf head that kind of just looks like falcor the lock dragon to me that's fair it's a little more palatable which is why i'm going to say wolf with a snake head yeah let's go with that mm-hmm. and a snake tail yes so it's just like a wolf in the middle yeah it's like, and I like the idea that the wolf is doesn't really even support the head or the tail. Like the wolf body is just sort of being dragged along by the rest of the snake. It's like a decoration, really. Oh, gosh. Like, Julian, your designs are, well, they need work. <laughs> Julian, God, God, I have notes. I have a lot of notes. Most of them are just don't. They're just big red marks. Do you see this, Julian? No, it's not the fucking rune. <laughs> Don't be afraid of the X's. They're not <laughs> Nathals. They're not going to, you know, bind you. That's why Julian doesn't respect the X card, because he thinks you're trying to fucking trap him. It all makes sense now. You keep tapping the X card and Julian is like, I've got trauma. I was trapped for unknown years in that closet. It's like, could we maybe switch to just like a red card? That would be better. <laughs> that was all it would take to make Julian a better game master is just to swap out the X card for yeah. a red card. Nobody nobody put two and two together. If it was just a red card, he would have been like, oh, I got to slow down. You don't like being burned. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway. Yep. Ollie. Yes. Was there anything else you'd like to say about this book? Um, I had a note about 
something about liking the allegory of Julian as a metaphor for awakening sexuality in Jenny, moving on from child romance and infatuation. So that's a note. I like that. I did like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that it occurred to me that Forbidden Game was a reverse portal fiction, where rather than the protagonist going into a magical world through a door, the antagonist comes into ours when she opens a secret door. That's true. And I'd like to see more books like that. Because while I love a portal fantasy, we usually go into their world. And um, it is definitely so bad if they come into ours. This had, um, once again, very a lot of Freddy elements. Yes. Which is my favorite slasher. The dreams. There was one sequence where... He had a big diorama of her suburb. Yes, 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 yes. And he like hovered his his pieces over Cam's house, Summer's little brother. And he's like, I could do it. It was a great interaction because Jenny was like, oh, you're being unfair. You're not giving us a sporting chance. And he's like, you know what I could be doing? Eating children. Yeah. I could be. <laughs> Just wanted you to know I'm not. And that's because I'm a good guy. Yeah, every time she's like, you're not being fair. He's like, well, I could just take what I want. And it's like, Julian, you telling me the ways that you could be not fair doesn't make me feel like this is fair. <laughs> right. But Julian, Julian just wants to you to know there are worse people than me in the world, yeah. he says. And I've thought about the ways I could be a worse person and <laughs> choose not to follow that impulse. That was a, a very Freddy moment. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed that. I agree. And like you said, he's always in her dreams. It's very good. Mm-hmm. I think those are all my notes, though. I would just really like if the third book, she would stop exoticizing D. I know it's not going to happen. What a wild thought. I know, right? Like, we have had enough. How many different fucking ways can you fetishize this young black girl? Oh, that's the best part. There aren't that many different ways. They're basically the same three ways, and she just repeats them a lot. Velvet and panther and savage and looking like an Egyptian queen. Blah, that's it. That's how you talk about D. She had like a word bubble for each of the kids. Oh, that was another thing. She used the word sardonic more than just for Michael's eyes, but for Michael's eyes again. And I don't think she knows what that word means. I'm just like, you use it so often. And in the weirdest places, because most people don't use the word sardonic. So the fact that she's used it like 10 times in two books is a problem for me. It's a real writer tick. I, as we're going through these, I'm beginning to like see a lot of like phrases and words that I think of and realizing that they come from LJ Smith. Oh, interesting. And let me tell you, sardonic is definitely one of them. Well, now you know where it comes from, because she hammered it into your brain through Michael's sarcastic spaniel eyes. This time they were sardonic. Beautiful. All right. So this was, as as I said, extremely a middle book. It was Empire Strikes Back. You cannot separate this from the trilogy. You have to have an end. Maybe you could start this as a first book. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't, because the first book is great. Yes. But, like, it does open in such a way that, like... She takes care to make it readable as a first book. Yeah, so if someone picked it up, they could later be like, oh, shit, uh, the whole thing happened in a book. Awesome. But you, it's not like the first book where mm-hmm. um, it feels like a full story. Right. This one is not a full story. I mean, it ends with a cliffhanger. So. Exactly. Like, it's literally, yeah. come get your friends, go on a treasure mm-hmm, hunt. Mm-hmm. 
It's like the the studio greenlit part two and three at the same time. Right. They only gave you the first part and then they're like, wow, kids really liked that one. So let's get two more. Can you get two more out of it? Yeah, I think I can do that. But like it opens so poorly. Yeah. yeah. I would hate to hear that anybody read this one first. Yeah, no, that introduction thing with Jenny, every interaction that she has with Angela, which she does have, we skipped over it, but she talks to Angela again, and that's how they get the house. Twice, Angela has two motherfucking scenes. And they're both terrible. This is Jenny at her worst, honestly. I agree. So it's, it's my least favorite of the trilogy. I'm feeling like that right now. I'm feeling like my nostalgia for the third one, I could change it, the third one might be my least favorite. I don't know. But like, there's not enough Julian. Jenny's at her worst. I feel like LJ Smith is at her worst, too. Like, it's <laughs> as soon as we got away from it being a ship in a bottle where they were just, like, stuck in Jenny's house and then stuck in the paper house, all of this unchecked white lady in the 90s became even more apparent. Like, we already knew it from reading other LJ Smith books. Right. But it just was, well, like, hammered down. So, yeah, right now I'm feeling like this is my least favorite. I wish that the the part that I remember being fun about this, which is like the riddles and the the people disappearing, I wish that was more of the book than it actually is. Yeah. The cat and mouse part. Like it's it's fun the way it is. There's so but much setup. Yeah, there is a oh, there's so much setup. There's it so took much me a long time to get into this book because like I had to force myself because we only decided, you know, a couple of days ago, yes, let's do mm-hmm. it. And just the exhaustion of dealing with, like, the opening, like, hundred pages of them just, like, dealing with Summer missing and Tom's mm-hmm. being a dick and not hanging out and trying to find stuff. And then, like, finally we get to Julian. Finally we get a new game. It took until then before I was like, okay, great. Now I know stuff's happening. Yeah. And like you said, there's there's not enough Julian to to make up for all of the fucking like prep and stuff that we have to do to get to this game. Yeah. Like I I appreciate his dramatic fucking reveal at the dance. Gorgeous. Chef's beautiful. Perfect. Excellent. I just wish it had happened earlier. Right. I still would recommend this series overall, currently. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm expecting that to still be the same next time. But poof, there is. There is definitely, like, too much that is outdated. How about you? How are you feeling? No, you know, I still like the the series. I still think, even in the setup, there are, as we've discussed, some fun, creepy scenes. It's just not enough of the, the, the stuff that I'm here for. But the, what there is of that stuff is still pretty fun. Uh, I still think this would make a pretty good game. So, you know, I like the series. I'm looking forward to the next one, though, because that's where all the, the good sad boy Jillian stuff is. It's where so it all don't... coalesces. Yeah. Next time, we shall talk about The Kill. I'm Ollie. You can find me on Twitter at Olivia Hennis, And you can find the podcast there as well at Backlist Podcast. How about you? You can find me on Twitter at Endless underscore Run, and you can also find the podcast on Patreon, patreon.com slash backlist and chill, uh, where patrons get the episodes early. Thank you so much, those of you who join us there for helping keep keeping us feeling like, you know, we're doing something fun and that people are hanging out and enjoying. Um, interacting with us is great, but it's not necessary because we will just keep 
drunkenly talking to each other about YA books. <laughs> but just know, we like to talk to you because you're the we only do. people who know exactly how we're feeling about this. <laughs> right. We do appreciate uh, the folks who've been hitting us up on Twitter. It's been fun. Yeah, I like that. Because you know what? There's just, there's not enough people out there in the world who know these books who want to talk about them. And so right? just finding these people who are like, fuck yeah, I love those books. It's like, yes, talk to me. Please come talk to us about Julian. What's your favorite <laughs> Julian scenes? Oh, Tell I would us love about to know them. that. Do you have good Forbidden Game fanfic? Share it with do, us. Do you know who has the ring from that <laughs> fucking <laughs> giveaway? Are you, you the person? The ring? Slash, Please? do you have a signed copy of the Forbidden Game oh trilogy? And will you sell it to me? We'll take all the money in the fund. <laughs> right? Give it to Patrons. You. As our next patron reward tier, get Cinna and Ollie an ancient signed copy of the Forbidden Game trilogy. Love it, love it, love it. I really just want to see a picture of this ring, though. I want to know. Do they Me even too. have a picture in the back? No, there was nothing. It's just, just paper, just words. They should have absolutely had a fucking black and white picture of it. That is deeply uh, un- upsetting. I want to see it. <laughs> This mythical ring that doesn't exist. I don't think they made it. I really don't. Why would you, you make one? <laughs> you know what, Ollie? Someday I'm going to tell you about it now and you'll never know when it's going to happen. <laughs> okay. You're just going to get a fucking engraved ring. It's going to show up at your door <laughs> and you'll never know. You'll never see it coming. One of these days. And then I'll be like, ah! <laughs> you turn around like, Julian? Jillian, where are you? I know Why did here. you come to me and not Cinna? Cinna's been right. waiting for you longer. You come to me now when I look when like, I'm like this. this. I love you. But I want oh, that God. book. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Awesome. Oh, All right. God. Thanks. We love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>